It's so good to see each and every one of you. And uh, some of our folks are traveling, and some of the folks are dealing with other things today. But when you're here, God is here. That's what matters. So looking forward even to next Sunday to celebrate camp. Uh, figure out where all the years have gone. You know, Anna was only, she wasn't, she didn't arrive yet when we came. She wasn't, she wasn't born yet. <laughs> um, wow, and so it's like, um, I, I just uh, sometimes look back and, you know, I still feel like we're just getting started in so many ways. And it's been fun to meet so many people and to, um, to become family, really, really family in the Lord. And that's, that's, what, that's what God's intention was early on when he created man and, and woman, uh, to become a family. And so when you bring, you bring your kids, your grandkids, when you bring you know, uh, your neighbors, it's just a treat for me and uh, a treat, I believe, to the Lord to see his people gather. And so today I thought, well, Memorial Day, Memorial, what can we talk about, Lord? Lord, what, what is it that you want me to talk about? What is it you want to say uh, about this, this very weekend? How many of you have experienced uh, heavy traffic maybe yesterday or moving to and fro throughout the, the village? Uh, not quite as easy, especially with the detour thing going on up north here. And uh, the town comes back to life. Are you with me? A little bit. Yeah, it picks up the pace. Some say, hooray, here, here we go again. It's summer. Some say, oh boy, now we got to deal with traffic. <laughs> so it's always, it, it, it's, it's just, God is, uh, God is wanting to touch people. From all walks of life, from all, all backgrounds, all tribes, tongues, and nations. So next Sunday, we're going to hear from our friend Phil Reed. And he was in Ukraine until he had to leave. And we're looking forward to hearing his story and hearing a little of his heart. He's one of our missionaries, which we support. And uh, they were doing well. And just so you know, their hearts have been grieving having to leave uh, Ukraine. Their hearts are still in Ukraine, and they're still corresponding uh, to, their, through their, uh, to their people. And it's not the same, but they're doing the best they can. And, and uh, some of the people are saying, you need to come back. We need you here. And, and you know, it's hard. And, and uh, so let's pray for the reeds. And all, a lot of our missionaries in our are in hard places. So today I thought, well, let's let's. I know that Vernon is teaching in Hebrews, but I'm going to sneak this in. I'm going to run. I'm going to I'm going to run to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to call this a, a race to run. And uh, when I talk about this race, this is not a uh, race that maybe you comes an image comes to your mind that you know when you get on the starting line and you're all out. It's a race that you start that you. Uh, that you want to finish. It's not about who comes in first. It's not about winning, uh, beating someone else. In fact, it's about bringing someone along with you in the race. 
and running together in the race. And sometimes the race gets tiresome. Yeah. Sometimes the race, in the race, we are, uh, uh, we, we trip, we fall, we make mistakes. The main thing is to get up and keep, keep running. And um, so and it, if, you, if you read chapter 12, it starts out with therefore. So what does it mean when you read therefore in the scriptures? Well, we need to kind of back up a little bit. Why is he saying therefore? Because we just came off Hebrews chapter 11, and he just came off talking about all the list of people that have already run the race. And I got to think about Memorial Day. You get to thinking about people that you've known who have passed on and they're on to their reward in heaven. That's, a, that's a, an encouragement. Having watched others or having hopes you're going to see your loved ones again. That's a, an encouragement. To keep running the race because they finished the race, you too can finish the race. So the main thing is that we run this race Number one, learning from others. I've asked this question probably hundreds of times in my, in my preaching. How many can remember five messages that changed your life? Man, maybe Carrie can think of two, you know? And you've been serving the Lord a long time. And uh, from, from youth up, only a couple stand out. But if I were to ask you, how, how many people can you remember? How many folks come to mind that have run the race, that have finished the course, and they stayed true to the faith? I would almost imagine you could begin to write at least five names. Maybe it's a father or mother. Maybe it's a uncle or an aunt. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher, maybe it's a former pastor, maybe it's a friend, someone that influenced you. I can begin to think about men in my church where I grew up, that how they walked with God, how they uh, uh, prayed, how they talked to me in the church, how they were there consistently. They were running the race. They were keeping the faith. They were fixing their eyes on you. So learning from others, a cloud of witness. I don't necessarily know, or I'm not, we don't have a lot to go on. I'm personally, I don't, maybe God gives them a peek into what's going on on the earth. I, we can't prove that from just from this verse that we read, a great, so great a cloud of witnesses. I have a personal feeling that, that we're going to be caught up in, when we're with the Lord, when we pass it before the Lord comes, the Lord cherries and we, and we pass away and then we go to be with Jesus, that we'll be so caught up in heaven that we're not going to, we're not going to even, uh, there's no more sorrow in heaven. So I don't know. It's just like, leave that in the Lord's hands, okay? But if they are looking, I'm sure it's a good thing. I'm sure it's for a reason that they would be encouraged, that they would, it's almost like they are cheering us on. It's almost like, when you read this, there's so great a cloud of witness surrounding us. Let us also lay aside. So one of the things that uh, we learn from others is how they walked, how they, how they conducted their life, how they, how they reacted to things in their life. How, how was their, 
their patient level? How was their demeanor in times of stress? Many folks need or are looking, and our young people and our generation needs good role models to be in the church, meaning just simply living out your faith by how you conduct yourself. Now, I had, I had, a, had a job on Monday that kind of was a struggle. Anna was there helping me, you know, and we were doing our thing with the concrete, and all of a sudden I realized something was wrong. This concrete setting way too fast, way much faster than I'd really just didn't. I was starting to fret inside. So I found myself, you know, getting anxious and working harder than I would have otherwise had to. And I actually almost apologized to Anna. I'm sorry, I'm getting irritable. <laughs> you remember that, Anna? And so I, it's just admitting sometimes our weakness. It doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. It doesn't mean that you, you, you know, maybe blown your testimony. It's simply meaning, you know what? I am human, more human than I care to admit to be. And so some people need to see you under pressure, right? Some people are watching us when we're under pressure. Some people are looking over and say, well, wow, how can they do it? How do they do it? Or maybe they need my prayer, or maybe they need a phone, or maybe, you know, they need encouragement. Learning from others. Further into the book of Hebrews chapter 13, the writer writes this in chapter 13, verse 7. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of what they said. No, it doesn't say that. Considering the result of their conduct. In other words, children especially pick up on who you really are, right? By your conduct, by your example. And so we can't say, don't do as I, right, what? Remember the words? Yeah. You need to do they will often say, well, this is what dad did. This is what mom did. The whole role model thing is so huge because we, we learn by watching others. And so when I had an older brother who learned concrete when he was out of high school, then when he came back home again, he said, and I was coming out of high school, guess what? You're going to work for me. I said, okay. I'll go along with it. But so everything he did, everything that he taught me, that's the way I would do it. So how he would set his corners up and how he would pull his lines is how exactly how I do it today. And so passing it on. And so when people hear you pray or when people see your attitude, it is huge. And to be able to keep running in spite, even when you may fall, even may you may sin from time to time, Let's not quit. And this is the writer saying, remember those who led you. It's always someone that we can look up to. But that's not the primary person. We're going to get to Jesus just in a moment. But think about this one for a moment. When Paul was uh, 
building up Timothy, a young man in the faith. Take him along in his ministry journeys. And he'd pour his life into Timothy. And finally, one day came when Timothy became the pastor of a church. And Paul would write to Timothy and encourage him, even though you're young, God's got his blessing on your life, so keep going. Don't let others discourage you. Be an example even in your youth. Young people can actually many times encourage older folks because it spurs them on as well. The young people that's starting out in their faith oftentimes can lead the way and help older folks say, you know what, that's where we need to keep, keep the pace, keep the enthusiasm, keep, keep it fresh. Joshua had learned from Moses until Moses was gone. Now Joshua has his calling to continue on, leading the children of Israel. And no wonder, as Joshua, we read in chapter 1, he says, be strong, courageous, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord, not necessarily in what you think. The early church had the apostles to teach the new disciples as they hungered and thirsted for the things of God. The disciples had Jesus to speak into them truth. And even when they struggled, even when it came down to the crucifixion and resurrection, as the disciples were afraid and hiding out, Jesus appeared to them. Aren't you glad Jesus appears to you today? He appears to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit that dwells us and through the people that God gives to you as a family in the church of Jesus Christ. The disciples oftentimes had questions, oftentimes didn't understand even the parables that Jesus talked about. But when Jesus, before he went back, he said the promise of the Holy Spirit is going to come. And the helper of the Holy Spirit, helper meaning the Holy Spirit, is going to come to live within you. You are never going to be alone when you accept Jesus in this race. When you accept Jesus, Jesus is going to run this race with you. He's going to be right there. In fact, the second point we call, in order to run this race, we talked, this verse said, lay aside, verse 1, lay aside every comers, lay aside in order to run the race, in the physical race, in the physical world, what would you want? Have good running shoes? You wouldn't want to run with a snowmobile suit on, right? You wouldn't run with duck boots on, right? That would be totally insane. But so you, you run light. You run with light clothing. You, you run that you're going to do your best. And so I, I got to thinking, in uh, my young days, you know, never... Never really, um, other than the 50-yard dash in grade school. Remember, guys? 50-yard dash. And then in sixth grade, we had to run the 600-yard dash. And oh, my goodness, that's that like, wow. This is, I'm not used to this running stuff. And so then, 
By the time I was, you know, getting close to graduating, I think, well, maybe I was already, there was a youth group Olympics. And part of one of the, the, uh, the uh, one of the things that was going on, competitions, uh, they had weightlifting, they had other things, but some runner, some race, I forget how long it was. So being the bright person I was at the time, I took off my work boots and ran on my socks. No tennis shoes, nothing. And this is what happened. The black top or the racetrack, which was kind of black top, coated, little coarse. Literally, as I would corner the corners, I could feel my skin starting to burn. I was running fast, but it was starting to hurt. It was starting to, I'm sure I, uh, I was in trouble. But I finished the race, but it hurt. It cost me something. So if you're going to run a race, proper footing. And isn't it interesting how Paul talked to the Ephesians about putting on the whole armor? And one of the points was shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Shod your feet. In other words, uh, have the word of God in you that wherever you go, the word of God is in you. Along with the helmet and the shield of faith and the sword and the breastplate of righteousness and the loins of truth. So who are you? Who am I encouraging to run this race? Who am I encouraging? Who am I inspiring to want to run the race? When I look out into the community and so many people are going in so many directions. There are so many things, so much we want to do, so much time, but uh, so many things. We, life is so, some, oh, we look back at how in the world 25 years go by, but ha. Huh. By now, I thought I'd have my cabin finished, but time keeps slipping by. And so all that, all this whole life is like a race. It's not about hurrying to get through it. It's about setting a pace, a pace, a rhythm that's for you. For some, some people have a pace that I could never keep up to. It would wear me out just watching them. But what has God called you? You keep running. No matter what your timing is, it's in his hands. The main thing is that we finish this race that is before us. And so we, we, we need other people as examples. Second part, we, get to, we have to run, lay aside the sins. Uh, do not get involved with things that the psalmist said, I don't involve myself in too difficult matters. He was talking about, was basically, there is a calling on my life to do this and this, and these are the main things. God help me to do them well, to run this race. We have a Lord that has promised to us, if we come to him in Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30, he says these words, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Have you ever felt that heavy laden? 
even getting a vision in my head when I was coming out of high school and I went to work with my brother. He was starting to learn how to, he had learned how to lay blocks. He was just beginning. But guess what? You're going to learn how to lay, Larry would say, you're going to learn how to lay blocks with me. You know, it wasn't so bad when they were 8 inch, but they got to be 12 inch. And then that was just like, okay, oh boy, oh my goodness. And so when we got higher and higher, we had to lift them up under the planks, under the scaffolding, and so you, 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 you got your work out there. But it was, it was all about being in a, it, conditioning yourself. Do what you, you can do, and then uh, you'll get stronger. And so if, uh, if you don't feel very strong, Start with what you can handle. The faith is even the size of a mustard seed. You can't even hardly, you know, it's like maybe the size of a piece of pepper. Right? A mustard seed faith can move mountains, Jesus said. Romans says we've been given a measure of faith. And so the problem is this People begin to doubt their own self and begin to think, I can't, I can't really do very good for God because, you know, I have this problem, I have that problem, and the, and the problem lies with, I can't. We must look at it, he can, with his help, he can, with him I can run the race, with him he can work things out for good, through him, and so when I come to him and acknowledge my need for him, Matthew 11, 28, 29, didn't, didn't read it all yet. I'm going to put that back. He said, I will give you rest. My, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So the question is, what would Jesus do in your situation? How would Jesus react in your situation? What is it that we are... Desiring to portray in the race. And Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My load is light. Does that mean life is going to be just a breeze? Does that mean that life will just, just be so easy? Not necessarily. It means that Jesus will be with you when you're running the race. And I was talking to someone on Friday at the job. And he's a, a great uh, Christian man. He has a, he's a family man. He's, he's following the things of God. And we're just talking. And, and we got to talking about trials. We got to talking about hard things. And for some reason, I said this kind of like this. I said something like this. It's one thing to go through trials alone and another to go through them with God. And so it's like saying, how can people go to trials and tribulations and setbacks and loss and health issues without God? It's so devastating. It's so almost final. It's like, oh no, my life is ruined. But with God, he has a way of helping us 
giving us an inner peace, giving us a sense that even if things don't work out, even if as the three children were in the fire, even if God doesn't rescue me, we will not bow down. It's a kind of a surrendering thing. You know what? It's time for me to lighten the Lord. So the other day I started cleaning out the garage. Oh my goodness, so much stuff we collect. It's going to go into the dump, but I got to get, get through it and chip away at it. And oh my goodness, how we can collect things. That's one thing. But there's another portion of scripture. In order to run with a light heart, in order to run with the attitude that Jesus wants for you and I, in the same chapter, in chapter, uh, chapter 12 of Hebrews, verse 12 through 15, he talks about the strengthening of verse 12, strengthening the hands that are weak, the, fe- the, the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet. Now, how many can relate to this? The older you get, stuff on the floor hurts more if you step on it. Come on. It just like throws you, wow. I was down by the wash machine, and underneath a piece of clothing was a tennis racket. I don't know how it got there, just stuff. And I stepped on that, and I went, whoa. And it's like, it comes to me. Make straight paths. Make your focus simple. Jesus is the one whom I need to keep my eyes on. This whole passage as you read into the further into Hebrews chapter 12, as you make straight path, verse 13, so that the limb which is lame may be put out, not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness bringing up causes trouble, and by it many be different. What will hinder my race if I hold on to bitterness and become bitter? That will hinder my race. That will hinder my run. I will run not as free. I will run weighted down. I will run with almost agony, pain. What Jesus wants to help us with is to free us up inside, internally, in our soul. That we have no, nothing that we're hanging on to no unforgiveness. That 
that we are quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, with the help of the Lord. When you feel like you can't take another step, the Lord is saying, yes, you can, but let me help you. You've reached your end. And you say, well, what's the use? Maybe I'll just quit. Maybe it doesn't really matter. God is saying, no, don't quit. Look to me. Last point. Look to Jesus. Number one was learn from others. Number two was lighten the load. Number three, look to Jesus. Everything that's happened in your life and will happen, everything that will happen, Jesus already understands and knows about it. And he has a plan. In spite of what we feel like, this is crazy. This is why now, Lord? What? Why? All the questions that we sometimes begin to ponder. We may not get answers. We may never get answers on this side. But our goal, our our whole, the whole key, our whole victory is in Jesus. What He's already done. And so. I don't have the answers, but I know you do, Jesus. I know you have all things. When they were nailing you, when you were carrying that cross, when you were suffering under the load, and even you couldn't carry that cross because you've lost so much blood, buckled underneath the weight. You allowed a human man, a person, to carry that cross and assisted. Oh, yes, Jesus could have called all the angels he ever needed to take him away from him instantly. But he gave himself. He ran the race. He finished the course. And that's exactly the image. I see here in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, somehow Jesus could see on the other side of the cross and see you and I accepting Christ, being saved, being in heaven someday. You see, friends, it's, it's not easy when you're, you're going through the valley not always easy. It's never easy. But what will help us is to understand that Jesus goes through the valley with you. He's there even at a lily of the valley. We need to look at the lily of the valley. So whatever you're facing today, for some folks, they've suffered a lot this year. They've suffered and we need to just run the race, encourage you. 
One of the verses that Romans talks about is the building up, the building up of one another. The Romans 14:9 said this, so then let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. So this whole race is not how how fast I can run, how how look how far I've come. It's not about that. It's not only about that, it's about who can I bring with me? Who can I encourage who's struggling? Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. I don't know about you, but there I I could kick myself all day because of mistakes I've made, but it doesn't do any good. <laughs> I'm my worst sometimes, my worst. I guess sometimes I'm my worst enemy. And I, I'll kick myself. But that can that can become pride. I have to guard because that that's saying, okay, well you you think you're so perfect. You should never make a mistake. I have these, I have these sometimes these conversations with the Lord, and I say, you know what? I just trust you. I'm going to trust you. I, I, don't, I can't help all other people's response. I can't, I can't change them. I can't fix them. It's only what I can do. And so we give it over. And all of a sudden, sometimes that, here's what I really believe happens. When you're really down, Jesus carries us. He carries us over the finish line. Because he wants you. And when you're too weak to carry the cross, you reach your end. Oftentimes, send someone. I don't know how he does it. Or someone says something. Or you read it in the, in the scriptures. Or you hear a song. And you see it in nature. He's reminding you, don't quit. Don't give up. Yesterday's gone. You can't go back. But today, we're going to remember what the Lord's done for us in the way of communion.